Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. You know, how's your week been so far? Let me tell you. Mine's been all right, but it can always be better. <laughs> what do you mean, all right? What's going uh, you on? You know, it's just, you know, things have just kind of like, you know, things you want to happen, but don't always happen the way that you expect it to happen. Yeah. And that's the, the uh, I guess you say, the, the being sideswiped. You know, in the sense of like what to expect and what actually happens. So yeah, it's, it's sometimes God throws us a curveball, right? We right. think things are going to go certain ways. Well, and, and I can never hit a curveball, anyways, in baseball. So that's that's me. Well, and sometimes it just feels out like you wake up on a Monday or something, right. and the birds are chirping, and the bees are going, and the music yeah. in the background, and everything's like it's going to be a great week. And you know, five minutes later, something happens. I used mm-hmm. to joke around about that as a sales guy. I was like, whatever you thought your day was going to be. Just wait five minutes and see. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd have everything planned out, and then a phone call would come that would just blow up everything and change the day. There's always a crisis waiting around the corner. Yep, that was it. So, But you know what? God is in everything, right? Mm-hmm. He's in, in those difficult situations. And, you know, you asked about my week. Uh, you know, got back from the JP2 Healing Center, all of that. Went to uh, Jacksonville. was on the Catholic talk show and all of that and had a great time with those guys down there. Um, you know, just really enjoy being with Father Pagano and Ryan Delacrosse and Ron Shield and all those guys. But when I get back, yeah, there were some things that happened. Um, you know, I I was working with some folks and, and just had some conflicts. And, you know, I want to talk about that today. It's really the inspiration of this episode. You and I don't ever make any bones or hide the fact that we're not perfect, mm-hmm. right? And that we, uh, we're not always uh, the people that we, we want to be in our decisions and our choices sometimes. We're not always the best models of, of uh, versions of Christ that we're supposed to be in the world. And this week I had one of those moments too. And so it just, you know, I'll, often when we mess up, you know, that's where these shows come from is where we learn from our mistakes and we kind of look at it as not opportunities to be sad or to be wallowing in pity or, or remorse for something really like, or upset that, that God put us in a strenuous situation or a stressful situation. But it's an opportunity to learn and not only learn for ourselves, but be able to share it since he's given us this platform mm-hmm. to be able to share what we've learned through those situations. So we're going to be talking about that today. But before we jump into all that, I just want to you know remind everybody of the upcoming events that we have uh, here. The next time I'm traveling is in uh, what is today, Saturday. So it'll be uh, two weeks from this Saturday. I will be in Conway, Arkansas at St. Joseph's. We'll be giving our restored parish mission there. Uh, February the 26th and 27th. That's a Sunday night uh, and a Monday night. We're also going to be starting a men's group there. As we've talked about many times on here, that's what we love to do, and that's what the Lord is calling us to do, is to go around the country and do these missions and to start life-changing, vibrant ministry to men in parishes. So if you're a guy out there that that sounds like something you want to be a part of or to lead, reach out. Shoot us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com and get on the list with these other parishes and let us help come to your area and build these groups. We're so excited to go to St. Joseph's and thank you for Christy for reaching out and inviting us there and building this opportunity for us. I'm excited to minister to all the men and women there and then be able to start that group for men and know that there's going to be fruit that lasts there. So that's coming up in the next two weeks, February the 26th and 27th. The weekend after that, I will be in Phoenix for a very large men's event. It's actually a follow-up to their men's conference there in the Diocese of Phoenix. 
And we're going to be doing exactly what I just said. We're going to be giving those three talks, my restored parish mission to a group of male leaders there and to hopefully bishops and the bishop and deacons and priests and whoever else that they've invited so that we could share what we're doing for men and then work with those parishes that come out of that main meeting to go into those parishes and do the very same thing there, helping to build those life-changing men's groups. So if you're in the Phoenix area, if you're in the Conway area in the next two, three weeks, that's where we'll be. I also want to remind everybody that we're coming to sort of the end of bookings for the pilgrimage, for the pilgrimage to the Holy Land. We've got a few spots left. I know that four more people signed up Friday. We have two more that are going to sign up Monday. And we're getting close to the end of the list of what we could take. So if you are interested there, please reach out. Reach out to me via email. Go to our website and book through our website. You can do that at justagownthepew.com. Go to the events and book me page, click the pilgrimage, go to select travel, and you can book there. Select international travel are great people. It's going to be an awesome trip. We're going to be walking the footsteps of Christ. And I'm telling you, everybody that I've talked to that's traveled to the Holy Land, when they come back, they are different. Whether it's somebody like me that's in ministry and your ministry has just changed forever because you've now experienced these places where our Lord walked. You're not just imagining you've been there and, and have that gift of the Spirit in that moment. Um, and, and being in those places that the Lord was, but also as the pilgrims that go there and their life's changed forever. And so many pilgrims have told me that have been before, you know, that, that my life came back and I was different, right? And, and, and that one thing that was different was actually feeling closer to our Lord, closer than I ever have been. So if you're looking for that in your life, join us. We do have some room left. You can call Select Travel, tell them I want to go on John Edwards' pilgrimage with Father Larry, or you can go to our website and sign up there. But that's just a reminder about the pilgrimage. It's May 10th through the 21st of this coming May of the 20 of 2023. So sign up today if you want to go. I want to thank all the folks that have been listening to my calls and cries for donations. Uh, sometimes it's very awkward for me to ask people for our support. But look, I know now what we're doing is helping people. I, I, I can just I could share for hours with you guys the words that are coming through emails from people that have been touched by the podcast from people that have been in these men's groups that had no authentic relationships in their life, either with Jesus or with other men, and now they do because of the work that the Lord is doing through this ministry. And the only way that's possible is through the generosity and the gifts of people like you that listen to the show, that watch the show on YouTube, that pass it along to others. Each and every day, it seems like we're getting some sort of new donation, whether it's somebody in another country that's given us $5 a month, or it's someone here that's given us 100 or 250 or 500 Whatever it is, we need those donations, right? We have the revenue that comes in through the missions and things like that. But without donor support, we're not able to continue to do this in the way that we want to. And we don't want to just stay where we are. We want to grow. The Lord is calling us to more. And we ask, Victor and I ask all the time in our prayer, Lord, give us more, more opportunity to minister to people, more opportunities to be a gift, more opportunities to build places where men can find you, love you, find their purpose, and then come out of themselves and serve others. That's what this ministry is about, and we cannot do it without your support. So thank you to those that have signed up lately for 100 bucks. There's been many that have changed their donations from 20 to 30 or 30 to 50 or 50 to 100. Whatever you've done, thank you. And if you're somebody that has listened to the show forever and it's touched your heart and it's blessed you and helped you, I just ask you to consider donating because, like I said, this is the way that we grow. This is the way that we continue to meet the need and the demand. We have growing demand out there now for what we're doing because people have seen it. They see that it's working, and they're asking us to come and help them. The only way we can do that is if we're able to hire people, if we're able to build things. One thing that we're doing right now, I'm in conversations with a, a film company and with Dr. Bob Schutz and Sister Miriam and Bart Schutz and Father Malachi. We're all talking about building a, a video series 
that would cost a pretty good amount of money to build, but we want to give it away free to all these groups we've started and to put it out there so people can come to understand the power of vulnerability, come to understand wounds and healing those wounds, and then being equipped to be disciples of our Lord. So that's another project we're trying to do, and all of it takes money. So I'm just asking, hat in hand, literally, if you're somebody that's listening to the show and this has changed your heart, it's helped you in any way, consider donating to us. You know, if you're somebody that has donated, I just want to say thank you. And uh, thank you for listening to this as I spend some time here in the beginning, just wanting to thank you for the wonderful generosity you've shown us and the work that it's allowed us to do. So God bless you. If you've given, if you haven't yet, please consider it. You can go to donorbox.org slash pew, and you can donate there annually, one time, monthly. Monthly always helps because we can see what kind of money is coming in on a regular basis. But hey, we're well, we're we're happy to take anything anybody's ever willing to give us, whether it's once or or, or again and again and again. So if you want to go to the website, just to get on the pew.com, click donate. That's easier than remembering the link. But if you can remember it, donorbox.org slash pew. Finally, I want to say thank you to Spoke Street. So this shirt I'm wearing, the light that shines in the darkness, I've got a sleeve logo over here. It says Spoke Street. Met these folks at Seek. Um, they're doing some wonderful work. Uh, gathering podcasts, putting them in on radio stations for people. Also, just gathering a, an index of shows where people can go and say, you know, I want a down-to-earth conversation. Well, here's just a guy in the pew. I want something for men. Here's just a guy in the pew. I want something on, you know, wounds and helping me through that. There's restoring the glory or uh, abiding together or whatever it may be out there. And they're doing a great work. So I'm just so proud to be partnered with them. I'm so proud that they would consider us to be part of what they're doing and just looking forward to that partnership growing. So thank you to Kyle and all the guys at Spoke Street, too. All right. So, Victor, that was a lot there in the beginning. It was about nine minutes of talking back and forth between us. And so thank you for those that have continued to listen. You know, we mentioned in the beginning um, that oftentimes, you know, we don't have the weeks we want and that things happen and that we aren't always the people we want to be the way we want to be all the time. That's the human condition, right? We're not always – it's like St. Paul says, I do not do the things I want to do. I do the things I do not want to do. And often that's a lot of us in our lives and we make mistakes and things like that. Well, this week, you know, I made one of those. Uh, I was out with a friend and uh, there were some interactions that we had together. Um, some things that, that kind of rubbed us both the wrong way, I think. And we silently kept that from each other. I have spoken to this person and they've given me permission to talk about this. I'm not going to share their name or the situation just because the, I care for them. I love them very much. And I don't, we don't need to get into all the details. But basically what happened was, you know, without knowing it, we both were kind of upset with each other. And cordial and see you later and all that stuff, we were with other people. But when we came back together uh, in a meeting we were at, there was just a tension there. Uh, something that was very difficult, and I myself felt like I didn't want to be there a few minutes afterwards. I know that they didn't, they felt sort of the same way. And I left that that meeting feeling like, you know, well, screw them. You know, I mean, I, I didn't like the way they did this on this trip. I didn't like the way this all went down. And so, you know what, I, maybe I'm just going to back out of this whole thing and I'm going to call them and tell them exactly how I think, how I, what I think about this. And I did call them and I told them, I said, look, this is the way I felt in that meeting. This is the way I felt the other day. This is what I think you've done. And I just, you know, maybe, maybe I, you know, I don't know what I've done. I don't know what the problem is, but maybe I should just back out and not be a part of this anymore. And, you know, I, I I'm happy to say that we reconciled yesterday that, you know, in that conversation where I called them, that person has a wonderful heart. They love me and I love them. And they said, "How? let me address this, this, and this. And where I was throwing daggers and spears and mm -hmm. anger and let me tell you what you've done to me, 
that openness to receive and that that uh, humility that that person showed allowed me in a moment that hardness of my own heart to be broken down. And I started going, man, maybe this isn't about what was done to me. Maybe I did something too. And so this morning as I was getting ready for this podcast and I had a couple things I was kicking around and the Lord just said, John, the best things to talk about are the things that you experience, right? And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's had conflict with people, Victor. I know you have too. We've talked about it before. You and I have had conflict before in our friendship, right? And and thank God for the both of us trying to work through that in humility and thank God for the person that did that with me this week. But I was reading the Office of Readings this morning. I've told you I've gotten into reading the Liturgy of the Hours. And and as I was reading through it, you know, there's always two readings in the Office of Readings. There's one from Scriptures, and then usually there's like a, a sermon that was done on it or something from Augustine or somebody like that. Well, this morning, morning I was reading it, and this, this verse from Galatians stuck out. It said, each man should look to his own conduct. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, man, how many times do we get in an argument and that's not where we go? We're always looking at the other person and we're always pointing at the blame at somebody else. And, and then, you know, there was even a quote that followed it out of, um, from, from blessed Isaac of Stello, who was an abbot, which is the second reading of the day. And he says, whoever attacks a brother in need or plots against him in his weakness of whatever sorts surely fulfills the devil's law and subjects himself to it. Let us then be compassionate toward one another, loving all of our brothers, bearing one another's weaknesses, yet ridding ourselves of our sin. So these things spoke to me, and I said, okay, I need to do a a show about what we did today. And actually, the show today is called The Man in the Mirror, because very often in our life when we get into these situations, we don't look at the man in the mirror. We don't look at ourselves. We go to blaming everyone else because it's simply easier than admitting we have fault or guilt in anything, and that we're not perfect. So, Victor, we're going to dive into that today. We've got some examples from Scripture, and then I want to continue to talk through the situation, my friend, as we go through the show today. Well, what you t- you're talking about, you know, conflict in, in friendships or conflict just in general um, interaction with people, you know, and, and the church has its many stories of Paul writing churches saying, y'all need to stop this, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. Like you said, the human condition can run away with uh, feelings and emotions that could be destructive or self-destructive to relationships, and that's, that's always going to be there. Um, but what Christ kind of tells us is to, like— you know, on the way to court, address your brother, right? Try to solve the problem before it gets into the, the authorities where it will, it will really damage your friendship or relationship. Sure. You know, and, and I think that's what we try to do is that even though we, we may have conflict or disagreement, I think a lot of us may have that time separate from it and really think about what what happened there. How did it get to this point? How did, it, how did, how did this discussion become where it is now? Sure. Um, and that's like internal reflection of like, okay, what's my self-interest? Is it damaging to other people or is it something that I've, I've mismanaged or I've overstepped, you know, my uh, decision-making in a relationship, you know? Sure. And, and, and marriage, as we know, is always a place to where we, we find out more about our, our personal flaws or our personal uh, struggles um, because our spouse will definitely point it out to us. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Oftentimes when we're hurt, like cooler heads don't prevail. Right. Right. When we're living out a place of woundedness and, and anger, then oftentimes we, we become a big part of the problem and we don't look at ourselves. Right. We, we, and that's what I didn't do. I didn't look at it. What did I possibly do to this person? I went into it saying, let me tell you how you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why, why this bothered me. Let me tell you the situation you put me in that I didn't appreciate being in. And after I had sort of launched those grenades, 
you know, the person received it well and then said, well, let me tell you how I felt. And all of a sudden I started realizing, okay, I didn't realize that this made them feel this way. I didn't realize by me choosing this that it hurt them and that they have wounds, right? That that some of the things, and that's what the person told me. They said, look, when you did this, it rubbed up against this wound that I have. When you did this, it rubbed up against this. And I felt very hurt and I didn't feel that you were even caring in that, that you had done that, that you just sort of went on about your business. And so as I started listening to this, I was like, man, I have done nothing but only look at my side because I all I wanted to worry about was that I was wronged. And that's where many of us operate out mm-hmm. of. It's just a human natural thing that we do is you, you, you pricked my finger and it hurt. And let me tell you that you hurt me and I didn't appreciate it and you shouldn't have done that. But we don't think about like why in the first place somebody pricked us. What did we do to upset them where they felt the need to prick us or, you know, jab at us or say something hurtful. We always go from just the story starts with what happened to us, not what happened before that. Right. And this is where we can get in these situations of just being so obsessed about ourselves. And when we do, we're, we're going to be introspective all the time in those things. And it's good to be introspective, but when we sit in that, we only think of ourselves and we forget to be a gift to others. And we forget that that's the first call of Christianity is to live for others. And so, you know, we, we become sort of out for justice. You know, it sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. I think that was the name of one, but like, but we, we, we we're out for justice, right? We want blood. We, we often are, are too prideful to think it could have been our fault. And God in Jesus and his son, Jesus calls us to humility first and foremost in our faith all of the time. And so when we're not living that way, you know, then we, 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 we give pride a root in our life and we wind up hurting people because we don't worry about the feelings of others. We lose our empathy and we think only about how things, you know, happened to us and how it concerned us. And this is certainly what I learned from them in that moment was like, I went guns a blazing telling them everything that I did, you know, that, that how it hurt me that they did. And I was just unexpectedly received with humility and care and thank you for sharing that with me let me tell you can i speak to how how, how i felt in the situation right. yeah. and what this did to me and what your actions and it was like i melted in that moment and go man i didn't even here i am worried about myself and i'm not even concerned about maybe there's a there is something i did because in my pride certainly i didn't do anything i was just caring for people the way i should have and they're the ones with the issue that's not true. There is no conflict without two sides, right? There's no good without evil. There's no fighting without two people, even within yourself, right? Mm -hmm. There's a conflict of two sides always. And so there is no conflict without two, which means that at some level there is guilt on both parties. And we have to understand that. Well, you're kind of talking about, you know, of course, I'm the behavioral health, that's where I I practice in my whole life is, is the mental health side, the emotional health side, the behavioral health side, of all of us, as you said before, in many of our shows, we all carry wounds. Yeah. Some of us have identified that and kind of corrected that behavior. But a lot of those wounds are still under the surface, and we may not understand it. And it's called dysregulation of emotional health. And what that is is, like, for instance, like, say, for instance, a child notices that their parents are upset a lot. Mm-hmm. So that child's behavior corrects their behavior to make sure that they bring happiness to that parent. So, therefore... If, if I do what I'm supposed to do all the time and take care of my parent, then they'll be happy when they're near me. Sure. But sometimes that parent will be upset regardless and, and then fire off on that kid. So a lot of us who were those kids who were trying to help their parent, whether it was 
divorce going on or whatever or just some depression going on you know we try to do the best we could as a kid to to prevent any um any kind of like uh side behavior that a parent may have so now we we spent all our time helping others and now we're adults and we never identified what's going on with us we never knew what we were carrying, what tra- we, we took from yeah, that person yeah. onto us. And now we kind of like we're in relationships now who are lo- what's long-term friendships or, or love relationships. And we're trying to identify why is it so difficult for me to have this? Or why is it so difficult for me to ask these things? Or why is it so difficult to not have peace in a relationship? And really it's because we never really looked internally, as you said, to identify what are some things that we say? things we do unknowingly because we've always operated in a system of helping other people or or deflecting, you know, something to so, to help somebody else. Well, and you're right. And so many of us have the disease of I'm fine, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't even realize we're wounded, right? We don't realize the way that we're acting out of these places. And, and you know, like we said a few episodes ago, you know, there was a guy that told me, you know, he lost so many friends in a year and he was blaming all the other friends, you know, and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know why they, why they just treat me this way. And I don't know. And I don't know why I keep losing people. And I don't know what's wrong with everybody else. And it was just like, dude, there's one common denominator there and all of those friends that you've Mm -hmm. lost and it's you. Right. And so why not? I mean, do that. We've got to do the hard thing and say, okay, is it my fault? And we don't want to do that because it hurts. Right. Because it means that we have to turn in and, and actually face it. Something may be wrong. And in the point that you're making, there may be trauma that we've just buried down deep. You know, we have a father wound or we have, you know, a, a sexual wound of some sort or some sort of of wound where we something's hurt us in our past and we've done what we do as people. And I, I don't want to admit that. And I don't want to deal with it. So I shove it down and we think it goes away, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just sits there and festers. And then people come up and very unwittingly say something in passing or do something that they don't even realize is, is going to be detrimental to you. And it rubs up against that spot. And then we lash out like somebody that just walked up. It's like if I walked up behind you and I just hit you with something or pinched you as hard as I could, you're gonna be like, hey, man, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing we do when when we don't realize that we have wounded places in our lives that we haven't dealt with. And people don't even know that they're they're basically stepping around that landmine until they've stepped on it and it explodes. And then we wind up in these conflicts. And what happens is because we hurt and we don't want to deal with our own pain, what do we do? We start to blame others, right? Well, you did this and you did that, just like I did on that phone to them. And because this is so much easier than looking at ourselves in the mirror, right? Because we, I think if we look in that mirror long enough, we're not going to like what we see. And so we want to keep up the facade that not only we are given to the world, but we're giving to ourselves about how we're, we're fine and we're good and we don't need anything and we're perfect and we're living life the way we should and everybody else is the problem. Right? And, and, and so it makes us very defensive and we blame other people. And what that does is it makes us blind to our own guilt, right? To our own guilt in things like our fault in situations, you know, and, and, and you know, this is, this is evident in, in scripture before. Like, it made me think today, uh, you know, as I was asking the Lord, give me some, some examples in scripture. And one of them was David, right? And we've talked a bunch of times on here about, are you in the fight? And we've used the passage from second Samuel chapter 11, talking about David and Bathsheba and the adultery and the, how he killed, you know, had her uh, Uriah killed and all of those things. Well, you know, the passage after that in chapter 12, it goes on and it's actually entitled Nathan condemns David and God punishes him. 
so Nathan was, you know, there's sort of this prophet that, that was around David and this advisor. And so Nathan sees what's happened. You know, all of a sudden Uriah is dead. Um, you know, David has impregnated his wife and brought him into her home. Things probably look fishy to him. He knows the story of what happened. And so he goes and he calls David out on it, but he uses a parable, right? It's, it's really just kind of funny how Jesus uses parables to call mm-hmm. us out of things too. But Nathan used one here, this kind of story. And he said, this says, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and he said to him, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up and he grew it uh, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom. It was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. So there, I want to stop right there. David hears this story about this injustice that's done to this other man. You know, this guy had all of this, mm-hmm. and he stole this one. The one thing that mattered the most to that person and he starts calling for justice. As the Lord lives, the man that deserves, who's done this deserves to die. How often is that when we feel we've been wronged by someone? That person deserves to die. I want justice. I'm out for blood like we said earlier. That was David's first reaction. But check this out. Then it says, um, it says Nathan said to David, you are the man <laughs> anointed you king over, or excuse me, you are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if this, as if this were too little, I would add to you much more. But he goes on and says to him, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and you have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you and out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. So he goes on and on through this. But the point is through this, Nathan calls David out and says, That man is you. So where David was going, and and even though it wasn't a direct story that dealt with him, he was told this story to realize you're the one at fault too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you have walked out of this situation like you've done nothing wrong, but you took someone's life. And oftentimes when we don't acknowledge our own guilt, when we don't take our responsibility in conflict, we're basically robbing people of other things. We're not even looking at their woundedness and what we've done to them. It's all about us. And we're demanding for their head on a platter when oftentimes our head should be right there along on the platter with theirs. Right, that we have done injustice too, and and this is why it's so important to look at our wounds. Right, in that conflict, there were things that were said that made me feel unimportant, that made me feel like I didn't matter, that made me feel like I wasn't part of our team or part of the situation, and that comes from my father wound of inadequacy. Uh, you know, there was even a situation in there where they kind of demanded something of me in in front of other people that put me on the spot, and I felt like I didn't have a choice and. You know, I had people in my life when I was younger that basically said, I don't care what you want. This is what you're doing. You don't have a choice. This is it. And so it struck up against a wound, right? And that inadequacy and stuff that I've spoken about here on the podcast before. And so what I do, well, you wounded, you, you did this to me, you did that to me. And I never even once thought about what I had done to them. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, in their humility, when they came to me and they said, 
John, let me explain to you what, what I felt. They had a father wound. They had issues. And my behavior and my reactions to things struck a chord in them. And instead of coming together and talking about it, we instead separated. And then I know, I can't speak for them, but I had hardness in my heart. I didn't want to reconcile. I wanted, in fact, to move away from them. And this is where we play into the, into the hands of the devil. You know, I got a quote here from St. Maximus the Confessor, and he says, When a trial comes upon you unexpectedly, do not blame the person through whom it came, but try to discover the reason why it came, and then you will find a way of dealing with it. This is exactly what I came to know. You know, most people would say, man, I don't want conflict in my life. But in this week, Victor, I, I, I praise God for allowing it because I learned a very valuable lesson. And that's what I'm trying to share here. We're trying to share here through this, this show today is that, like, it's not right to just go and blame someone for the way that we feel in a situation. We need to look and see what role did I play in this. Now, I want to say this. If someone's abused you, if someone's done something physically to harm you, if someone has molested you or something like that, there's not going to be any blame in your part for that happening, right? I'm talking about specific situations where we allow, where conflict has arisen because of fault of both people, right? And so in this moment, he's saying, you know, do you know when this comes up unexpectedly, like most conflicts do, don't just blame the other person, but actually sit down and try to discover the reason why it happened. And then look to yourself, mm-hmm. right? That means looking at my role in this, my responsibility, my guilt in this as well, and not just simply blaming the other person. Because Pope Francis in another quote says, complaining and blaming others is a waste of time. The way to defeat evil is to first conquer it within our own hearts. We've got to look back at these wounds, Victor. And this is why I spend so much time talking about wounds. Because if we don't start to identify them and don't start to, 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 to realize where they are and where they come from, then we're always going to be acting out in ways that hurt others and that rub up against other wounds. Whether, you know, it's like somebody I talked to on the phone the other day that said, I, I, I can't stop watching pornography. And when we got down to why, there was he didn't feel love in his life ever, right? He never felt love from his parents, from anybody else. And so he was reaching out desperately and in and, and a holy desire to be loved was just distorted into this desire to, to, to give into pornography. And so when we don't deal with these wounds, this is what happens. We wind up through not even realizing most of the time, harming and hurting other people, including ourselves, but other people too. And so we have to realize these wounds and we have to deal with them. And we have to not just shift blame on other people. We have to, to realize the way that we act, the, the, the reason we act the way that we do often is because we're acting out of these wounds that we don't even need to have. And this is why St. Paul says things like, I do not do the things I want to do. I do mm-hmm. the things I do not want to do right? Sin lives in those wounds. And so we have to spend so much of our time and we're going to have Dr. Bob on in the future and other people, Sister Miriam again, and talk about wounds because I think this is simply so much of where we operate out of as men that we don't realize it while we hurt people in the way that we do. Right. Well, we have to be, like you're saying, we have to be attentive to who we are and what we say. Like the parables, you know, Jesus used that as a teaching method to disarm people, Yeah. to say they, they were totally grasped what was going on in the store. They're in the storyline. And then there's either two results. One was like David receiving that, realizing that that and they are the person yeah. repentant, or to be defensive like the Pharisees. Sure. And we have to be very careful of what decision we make when someone comes to us with love and and um, desire to correct a behavior that we may have done, and vice versa. Is that we're open to hear what the grievance is, address it, and then use corrective behavior and then conform to that relationship as being healed 
you know, and, and like I said, those, these are conflicts, like you said, but are happen from time to time. But if it's a conflict in, like you said before, in a relationship that is full of mistrust and, and harm, then obviously, you know, that's something that needs to be dealt with, you know, sure. whether legally or whatever else. But when it's a loving relationship, trusting relationship, and there's misunderstanding, you know, make sure you come together as a, as open to understand what is it that we both brought to the situation. Yeah. And can we fix that and repair that? Right. Because often, more often than not, it's going to be the fault of two people, right? Yeah. I mean, it just is. And and so we need to realize that. And that's what Jesus says, I mean, to your point of another parable, when he, when he and this wasn't a parable, it was just he was talking to people and he says, uh, you know, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but you do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out that speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly the speck uh, out of your neighbor to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. That's Luke six forty one mm-hmm. through forty two, and this is the valuable lesson I learned this week. You know, I've read that passage a million times as a former Baptist and through the church readings and the Magnificats and all the daily masses and all those things over the years. And oftentimes we can think, "Well, Jesus, that's another cute saying, right?" But every one of these are lessons for us at every moment in our life. And the lesson I learned this week is before, and I hope to always remember this: is in conflict. What I need to do first is is stop and say, you know what, this hurt, I am angry, I am wounded, I'm upset, I'm whatever I'm feeling in the moment. But first, I'm going to look back and say, before I reach out, before I lash out, before uh, you know, I, I, I do something I'm going to regret, I'm going to sit down and look at, okay, from sort of a bird's eye view, what happened? Where is my fault in it? What of that might what what did my actions lead to, and how that how how might that have made the other person feel, before I ever address something? That way you can come to it the way that that the Lord asks us to in humility, right? Humility. Anytime we're acting out of pride, we're acting in one of the greatest sins that are out there, and it's always going to cause division. And the devil is sitting there rooting for us to lose relationships in our life, to lose friendships, to be isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And one of the easiest ways we can do that is to constantly blame other people and not look at that man in the mirror, not look at ourselves first and say, you know, what part did I play in this? So as we come to the end here, you know, I always want to lead people with how to Victor. And, you know, as I sat here this morning praying about this and looking at the situation and just the grace of I received from the other person who I love dearly in my life that allowed this reconciliation to happen and really shared their heart with me. I started to write down these things. You know, before we get upset and blame others, we need to swallow our pride, humble ourselves, and give the situation an honest look. You know, I just said that in a different way a second ago, but but to really look at it, analyze it, and figure out where all the angles are coming from and what I could have done differently. That way I can go and approach somebody in humility and with true forgiveness or asking for forgiveness. You know, two, we need to be introspective and ask ourselves, what role did I play in this? Right, you know the Galatians quote again. Each man should look to his own content from Paul, right? Our conduct. Each man should look to his own conduct. Am I looking at my own conduct, or am I just simply reaching out to blame someone else because it's easier than looking at my own self? Three, we need to be aware of our wounds. Start to try to figure out what they are and be able to look at them in relation to what happened. Right? Again, the Saint Francis quote: Complaining and blaming others is a waste of time. The way to defeat evil is to conquer it first within our own hearts. The work needs to be done in our own hearts before we reach out to somebody else because we're going to reach out in anger and blame most of the time. We need to pray for the grace and humility to ask the other person what I did to upset them or how I injured them. The hardest thing to do in a conversation like that is to to come at it with, hey, I know there's been trouble. What was my part in it? 
to start with that, not to start with, let me tell you what you did, because oftentimes that puts somebody on the defensive, that hurts the other person even deeper. But when we come to it and say, let me ask you through the grace of Jesus Christ, through the mercy and the humility that he can bestow upon us, let me pray for that grace to ask the other person how I might have wronged them first, right? Be the person that extends that olive branch. I didn't do that. I messed up in that and that other person did. And I learned a lot from that. We need to be able to listen and fight back the urge to blame the other when we hear things that make us want to lash out, right? To have a listening ear and an open heart. When we ask somebody to tell us how we've wronged them, we don't need, that doesn't just need to be a platitude. That needs to be like, I really am going to sit here and you may say something that angers me or triggers something in me, but I'm going to try to do my best to listen with an open heart before I ever just go, well, you know what? Because Angel's on their side of that camera and we've had many a stalemate because neither one of us could see past what the other one did to each other and we just want to blame instead of listen and that's not that is so much more my fault than hers in almost every argument we have and this is something that i think everybody needs to be better at is fight that urge to just lash out and to simply sit and be still and rest and listen we need to accept the way that we've hurt the other and give a sincere apologizing uh, apology exercising the love of neighbor that jesus calls us to accept what we've done even if we don't even feel that the, the depiction that was painted was even right accept the fact that we've hurt someone else we don't get to tell somebody else how we've hurt them that's that's the where their expression of how they felt we should be able to receive that in humility and, and ask for forgiveness in a true way we need to learn from the situation and spend time making ourselves aware of the wounds we encountered through it right every situation that god puts in front of us every suffering should be an opportunity to say how do i learn from this Right? How do I keep from doing this again? That person I never want to hurt again. And now that I know their wounds, I know better the things that are my wounds and how I can keep from living in those to keep from reacting or rubbing up against theirs to, to create conflict again. I know how to better care for that person right? And, and how to better care for myself by knowing my own wounds and trying to deal with them. Finally, we need to make a conscious effort moving forward to stay aware of our wounds so that we remind ourselves not to act out of them. I may have just said that. I don't know. We had a lot of points. But here's the bottom line. To the person that I hurt, if you're watching this, if you're listening, and I hope you are, from the bottom of my heart, I know we reconciled yesterday, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way that I lived out of my own wounds and out of my own places, and I did not put you first the way that Jesus Christ called me to. So I, I ask for your forgiveness. And for any of us out here, if you've got situations like this in your life currently, or maybe you've had situations in your life like this for years, and you haven't reached out, or you've simply held a grudge, or you've, you've drank that poison, and you've waited for the other person to die. Maybe today God's calling you to do the same thing, to look at your own wounds, to look at how you might have been part of the issue, to stop blaming other people, and to allow the love of Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to call you into humility, and to reach out to that person and simply say, I know that we had an issue. I'm realizing now that I may have had a big part in that, how can, I, how can I give you an opportunity in my life to share with me how I've wounded you or how I've hurt you? Please, I'm looking for reconciliation, and I don't want this to be a problem in our life anymore. If you have a situation like that, go to the Lord, pray for the grace to be able to do just that, and let's get rid of these wounds and these conflicts in our life that separate us and separate the body of Christ so that we can come back together and be that body and that love and that light in the world that we're called to be. So my brothers and sisters, thank you for this. I know it's been a long podcast today. We've gone probably eight, nine minutes over where we normally do. But this is something that was deep in my heart. And, and for some reason, I think the Lord it was trying to tell me today it's deep on a lot of people's hearts. So I hope that it's helped you. And I thank you for your mercy on it being a longer show than it normally is. Victor, thanks for your part in this mm -hmm. and all you do. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you've called us all to be a gift to those around us. Sometimes that's hard when conflicts arise. When these issues come to a head, help us to remember to examine our role in it first before we blame the other. And Father, whenever tough situations with with others in our life come to a head, give us the grace to look in the mirror at our part in it, the strength to fight responding out of our own woundedness, and the humility to ask for and to give forgiveness from our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.